guest of Pressure Points with your two favorite hosts. I'm D, and this is my budding romance, AJ. We're coming at you with Season 4, Episode 39, The Emperor of the United States of America. Find us on Instagram and Twitter, at Points of Pressure. Strap in, let's get to it, cutie pies. I like that you asked me for suggestions earlier, and I gave you a great one that I got from uh, from Nordic Thunder, you know, Klaus Barbie, and oh, you yeah, said, yeah. yeah, 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 that looks cool, I'll look into it, and then no, Emperor of the it. United, I, I, didn't, I figured you wouldn't have. So, the very first thing I did after I- Was disregarded? You, no, I went through, like, the fucking cache of episodes that I have just oh your list yeah my fucking list of them and i was like i need to i need to do these i have to do these ones (laughs) yeah i also have a list that i never and that one was in there and i was like i know i've i've read about it a little bit i've read a couple articles and so i was like yeah i can throw some shit together really quickly on this one so another bad episode by d i mean i think by now they come to expect yeah it's every other episode will be shitty so that, that's fair. what you're here for. Yeah, I mean, it's like if, it's like Russian we, roulette, but it's consistent. If we were both good, nobody would believe us that we're just working out of your fucking murder shed. I wish this was my murder shed. Yeah, it will be someday. Yeah, we need to get more foam. Just oh, yeah. like not even for audio purposes. Like, I think aesthetic, the audio the audio sounds great. Purposes. It's for aesthetic purposes. That's fair, especially the tile that's hanging off above your head right now. Yeah, hopefully it falls on my on my head and I get tetanus from these staples i hope that these <laughs> probably are the, the reuse staples staples well welcome back i'm alive you're still married yeah the the aj ai ha- is working yes the the podcaster 4000 it's, or whatever. it's still i stole that from a different podcast it's still being a bitch to me so yeah it's uh it, slightly it, condescending it read all of the uh podcasts which were like two of them that i ran through it it's doing great good job ai Oh fuck! Yeah, now it knows it's AI. It's it's Wait, self-aware. Fuck. I'm not alive. Oh god! Isn't everybody like this? Uh, no, no, you're fine. Uh, but yeah, we're we're back. Um, I just realized my headphones are on the wrong way. We we both just needed one week of vacation over the last month, away from each other. Yeah, away from each other at different points in time. <laughs> um, but yeah, here we are. So, how was your your trip? Ah. Uh, it was great. Your trip to the the afterlife, to, I should yes, say, while you yes. were gone. I was going to say to the moon. Yeah. Now, we went to Craters of the Moon up in, in Idaho. If you haven't been there, you'd probably hate it unless you really like rocks. <laughs> unless, I don't know, I don't know how I convinced my wife to just go on road trips with me, because they're always to weird shit like places with rocks or caves or mines or <laughs> hey, um, an abandoned town hey, um, or petrol cool. some cool. stones yeah yeah exactly hey, it's fair I mean, yeah. if it works it works so we we went up there it's beautiful it's basically just an entire volcano that has just hardened where it was you know 2000 years ago which i thought was cool like the last eruption from that was only 2000 years ago it's fair. Like, I mean, it's, there were it, probably indigenous people who witnessed the eruption because they there's a lot of cool stuff there. Like, there's some stone circles that were put there by the native people, aliens, and yeah. because of imperialism, we have no idea why they're there. Huh. We can assume that they're probably something 
ritualistic because it looks like you're on another planet. I ran into some Star Wars cosplayers. I'm intrigued. I like it. Taking pictures because it looks like a Star Wars planet. <laughs> Jesus. It was actually so, pretty cool. I feel like there's so much in Idaho, Utah, and some of Colorado. Colorado, whatever the fuck. Colorado. Yeah. That it, it looks like a totally different planet. And it's it's just crazy shit. I love it. Yeah, it's the one of the coolest things we went to is um, the Museum of Clean. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> oh, I thought so I I saw it and I was like, "This is trash." But we were gonna go to a zoo, but it was a little very small, and we're like, "Well, let's try this." It's the same cost. It's like six dollars. Fuck it. It was only six dollars. Six dollars. There's four floors. I got like. 300 Snapchat photos from AJ. And I barely sent you any of them. Oh, I'm sure. Like, I, oh it wasn't God. one that, like... Because I feel like when you send pictures of a museum, you can generally tell, like, oh, they walked here, and I can see where they went next. That one is just, like, a fucking vacuum, a dishwasher, a photo of his wife as a dishwasher. Like, it was just, like, a bunch of funny, it's weird It's very shit. eclectic. And I was like... I dig this. This is cool. But it, it seems like a fucking four-story building. Was it's it It's a six-story building. What? They had an archive room that I stuck my head into, even though I probably wasn't supposed to. They do hardcore research. Oh, wow. There. Like, You're better than us. They, they have five patents, like original patent prototypes from the 1800s. Jesus. Like, first vacuum cleaner ever invented. Now, kind of stuff. were they like, did they do like restorations there as well? Or... Do you know? It looked like nothing more than just cleaning it up. Sure Everything just... was in phenomenal condition. That's cool. As My favorite that. part was we got the 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 museum director was cool as hell. Because was, I'm sure you guys were the only ones there. I was surprised by how many people there were. What? Yeah. What there the were fuck? we probably ran into like five families. Oh wow. And so there there are kid friendly sections. Oh god. I would have killed myself. And then there cool. are uh, click on the buttons that are taped over in the elevator and say, do not enter. Oh. The The museum, like, director, curator guy was like, okay, you guys are cool. You're you're on the inside, so you can go up to this floor and this floor, even though in the elevator it says you can't and the stairs don't go to that floor. What the fuck? And I was like, fuck yeah. So it was, it was basically, you know, just, like, things that are not kid-friendly, like artifacts close to the ground, sharp things, like, okay. not protected i guess so it's like only people who are going to be respectful can kind of go in that Uh, area well then i'll never get to yeah no never but my (laughs) my favorite part sharp objects nah i have to round the edges of uh of coffee tables before (laughs) yeah this 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 table that we record on oh god i didn't like that no you didn't like that oh you got a little startled yeah Yeah, we had to sand the corner of the table here we we gotta be extra careful i'm i'm clumsy yeah but one of my favorite parts was up on the floor that the elevator said don't go to, so it was completely abandoned when we went up there, is they had a bunch of vacuums from the Atomic Age in the Atomic Age style, and they were the backpack kind. So it looked like it was a rocket, like jetpack. What? Like pink with the the chrome, like fittings on it, and then you just vacuum with it. It looked, dude, they had some really cool stuff. That's cool. And it's not just, you know, a museum of... Vacuums. vacuums and brooms and shit but the whole idea the concept behind it is the guy who made the museum is 
a multimillionaire who wrote multiple books oh, on cleaning, okay. and he often uses cleaning as a metaphor, like cleaning your house and cleaning your mind. Yeah. Like cleaning uh, living, cleaning living. Okay. Uh, clean living and, and stuff like that. And he, he has like one of those, he has a company that's like nationally acclaimed of professional cleaning and stuff. It was actually pretty cool. There was a little theater and it showed his interviews from like the 70s and 80s on like just just shows with, you know, basically infomercials at that point. Pretty much like the the 1980s Rachel Ray kind of shit. And he was on like Oprah. He was on, uh, of course, um, basically any big talk show oh, of wow. any type. He, he's a big guy, and we actually met him. He he, he got was out of there. it at a good time. He didn't have to meet Ellen Degenerate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he 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 did it right, but it, it was cool. Like the, it was a good combination of like conservation, just, yeah, and just quirky as hell. Recycling. There's some art. There was like an art gallery part. There was like. A cleaning van from the 60s that was restored. Like, and then dotting the entire area are like sculptures, humanoid sculptures, kind of like cleaning mascots made out of cleaning stuff. That's cool. Like, it's so weird. But if you're in, I think it was in Pocatello, check it out. It's six bucks. Like, it's it's a cool time. Yeah. I mean, Uh, that's that's cheap for a museum. Uh, When you were sending us Snapchats of it. I turn to my girlfriend and I go, only AJ would take his wife <laughs> on an anniversary trip to a fucking like cleaning museum. It's like when such you a say piece it of, that way, such a piece of shit. He goes, hey, let's go look at some old, old uh, traditional atomic washers and dryers. Oh, really kick yeah. your ass into gear because. They had a good World War II we're, we're gonna get We're going to go traditional with this marriage. I nah. feel like that was the discussion on you, the drive. You, when you say it like that, <laughs> it seems like that was the entire trip. <laughs> when really, that was just the first stop. Yeah. And then there I, was, was, an, there was yeah. another museum we were going to go to, but it was closed on a reservation. Oh, damn. And it was a museum of the people. Oh, wow. The reservation was. They had cool. some bison and stuff, but they were, they were closed. It's okay. We were driving in the middle of the desert, mm-hmm. and there was signs for an atomic museum but it was closed ah damn Uh, which i didn't even know it was out there and then so middle of the desert we're driving oh yeah yeah Yeah, you want to drink oh sorry i'll come back i'll come back to my driving in the middle of the desert story because i have a lot of them no no you're good we'll just so we made beer we talked about it a couple weeks ago and let's clink we got to do it loud (laughs) yeah that sounded like shit so this is the abbey ale that i made would be better if we didn't have it sitting on the fucking table for 30 minutes no it's still really an good. hour it's an hour it's really and good. a half i like it i think it turned out really good yeah, mm. ben. mine is a really it's a really strong brown and i have had pretty much one every day since we made it i should i keep forgetting <laughs> that i have it because well, this, this well you're allergic to yeast oh, yeah, so probably not the best thing in the world it's been doing better i i get off work and i have myself a nice Ice cold 3 p.m. <laughs> I was going to say. Every fucking day. It's so nice. Amazing. It's so nice. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start having a 3 p.m. beer it's when I'm made at it. work. That's how I made it through this week, man. Yeah. Yeah. So we're driving in the middle of the desert. Like, this is Idaho desert, so it's a little yeah. less dry, a little more plants than we get down here in, here in Utah. More plants and rocks. Yeah. And it's actually pretty cool because every once in a while you'll see, like, the mound on the side of the road. 
the dirt kind of clears away and you can see the volcanic rock underneath. Oh, sick. Oh, I love rocks. So we're, yeah, that's true. So we're driving through. There's no cars in front of us. There are no cars behind us. Oh, fuck. I love that shit. Oh, it's the best. It's the opposite of my drive to southern Utah. (laughs) Fuck. It's because a couple miles back we passed a sheep, a truck full of sheep. But we could see the dog, the oh. sheep dog, like in there. Oh, so we stayed cute. next to him for a minute so yeah. my wife could see the dog. But we got through completely alone. And all of a sudden, there's a huge bang Jesus. and crash. Yeah. And my arm really hurts. <laughs> fuck. And we're like, what the fuck? Sorry, we're changing the title of this episode to AJ has his first heart attack. Yeah. Oh, my God. Seriously. I'm at that moment. I'm. I'm basically doing a self-inventory of, yeah. have I just been shot? Like, It looked like it. Fuck. It really does. So I look down my arms. It's bleeding a little bit. It's got like a bunch of little cuts and shit. No, no, it's gone now. You can kind of see some red, but like little pinpricks essentially all up and down my arm. And I look at my wife. She's fine. No cuts or anything. Because I was kind of, I was holding her hand across to her seat. So mine was kind of going across that center console. And I look up, and right above the mirror, there's a crater in my windshield. Not mm-hmm. like a rock chip. Which, by the way, remember, there's no cars in front of me. Have you replaced your crater. windshield since? No. I need to I want you to see it. Yeah. Because, I, I, yeah, I'm waiting so I can get pictures. I just keep forgetting. Because it's Jesus, so weird. Dude. Like, it's a crater that the glass inside has broken and shattered all over my arm. And then you can see there are kind of like circular cuts in the glass a little bit further out from it. Like the entire thing fucking dented in. I've had my windshield shattered, you know, not horribly, but, you know, I've hit rocks on the freeway. Yeah. And this looks nothing like it. On It's weird because it's kind of like across the windshield, like left to right. It's a kind of gradual decline in and then it kind of goes under and then back out. Huh. Yeah, well, I'll, it's I'll have to look at it. It's the weirdest thing. Like, but it sounds pretty fucking wild. So we're driving for a couple of minutes. My wife's like, pull over so we can get the glass because we're just covered in glass. Yeah. She's got a blanket that's covered in glass. And we're like, there's no good place to pull over. So we drive for just a couple of minutes. Eventually pull over, shake off. We're shake, we're you know, we're shaking up, but I mean, we're fine. Jesus. Just a couple little cuts. Like, what the fuck was fuck that? And we that. can't figure out. We didn't see anything. We were both looking ahead at, like, in the direction, and you know, out the front of the windshield. Yeah. We and saw nothing. Hit. We didn't see anything come towards us. In fact, just before that, I saw a bug splatter in the window ahead huh. of me. Like, we should have seen something. Yeah, I'm... It's weird. My thought is, as weird as it sounds, I'm wondering if it was, like, just a fucking bird carrying something, like, holding yeah, something. Yeah, my, my first thought was, like, did a bird drop a nut or a snake? <laughs> a nut wouldn't fucking shatter no, your rock? windshield as much as it uh, did, but maybe. Uh, like, well, I just know that like crows pick up nuts and drop them onto the yeah, road to was, crack them. It was a rock from the moon. You got hit by a moon <laughs> yeah. rock. It was, like, it was a fucking asteroid. But yeah, I'm wondering if it was just like a fucking D-sized bird that yeah. it just went face first into your windshield. No, we would have seen know. that. Yeah, no, I mean like if it was if it was diving. For something we, we would have seen bonk. we would have seen know. something because i like fucking i crazy. i was see i i saw it crack i yeah. saw it shatter 
Didn't see, huh? Didn't see anything. Just the demons, man. Yeah, maybe, it, I think it was just a stray bullet and it just skipped on the windshield. No, I don't know. Oh, that would be fucked. Wouldn't I mean, surprise me, it's if, Idaho. Yeah, if you if you get shooting far enough away or people shooting up into the air, bullets have to come down somewhere. Yeah. I feel like it wouldn't be as big as it is, though, if it were a bullet. Maybe. I don't know. Probably Regardless, not a bullet, but yeah, uh, we, almost died. We made a joke a couple weeks ago about what would happen if AJ died and that this podcast would discontinue. That almost happened, so yeah, we're gonna so joke consider about yourself this. lucky. We're and gonna go to the Patreon, so we're gonna joke about this regularly, so that it does happen, so that I don't have to do uh, episodes about the Emperor of the U.S. Yeah, but yeah, uh, like I said, my drive to Southern Utah for a wedding. Oh yeah, how'd that go? You want to uh, tell me about it? Yeah, we went during like all that fucking three or four days of just like fucking constant rain, which I loved thrilled about it oh it's great the only problem is while we're driving down there it was an inconsistent flow of rain like i'm driving and it's like pouring and i've got the windshield wipers just and then the next thing i know because my girlfriend's car has bumpy ass windshield wipers as soon as it's slightly less like slightly more dry it's Oh, yeah, mine do that. <laughs> and I was like, God, fucking damn it. So I turn it down. And then as soon as I would turn it down, it's just fucking pouring again. <laughs> so I'm just constantly adjusting it. And I tell her at one point, we had been driving for like two hours, and I go, babe, like this fucking thing, if there was a more consistent, like it feels like there's a really bad place for this. Like your windshield wipers are too slow here. They're too fast here. <laughs> It's like, it's just annoying. She goes, yeah, that does suck. So I said that like towards the start of the trip. Two hours later, I'm just like fucking frustrated with it. And she goes, well, you do know that this dial is right here (laughs) and fucking twists it. And it goes to the perfect speed. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And she's like, what? It's like, I complained about this two hours ago (laughs) and I like I would hold her hand and then I would stop and adjust it and then hold it and literally three seconds later, goddamn, fuck this, never mind, we're not holding hands, I quit. I hate you. And she's just dying. She's like, oh my god, this is a funny shit. I was like, I was so fucking mad. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm just like <laughs> screaming while we're driving. Uh, but the whole way down, we had just assholes in trucks and oh, fucking semis yeah. passing semis. And people just riding up up my ass. It was, it was a very frustrating drive. But honestly, the wedding that we went to was totally worth it. I generally don't like weddings. You know me. Anything that's love outside of my relationship and yours, I'm like, gross. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, They're faking it for internet. Yeah, I'm like, fuck everybody that. else. But the wedding was for like two of the most genuine people I've ever met in my life. You didn't go to my wedding. You didn't have a wedding celebration. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Um, And friends from Rhode Island came out, and we just had a fucking blast with them. It was was a great time. That's good. Um, And it, it, yeah, I mean, the views were spectacular. It was just outside of Laverkin. You don't know Laverkin? No. Oh my. Is there uh, a mine nearby? Kid. What's the mine name that's There's nearby? actually a, a pretty famous ghost town like Which one? It's in Virgin, Utah. Yeah, but what's its name? I don't fucking know. Uh, uh now I'm going to have to google it. But yeah, we were both like, "Oh, we should definitely come down here with uh, AJ and 
and his cleaning lady. Uh, Don't. <laughs> just she's, giving you shit. She's no. going to text you later when she listens to this. <laughs> or what you wish, you wish she was your cleaning lady. No, she cleans yeah. up after me. I know she doesn't she like does. me to acknowledge it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's just such a cool area. And then we... Grafton? Maybe. I th- that sounds right. I'm Is pretty sure. Is that near sure. Rockville? I don't know. I was there for what day and a half. Is it near Zion National Park? Yeah, we're really close to Zion. Hella. It, it was cool. And I'm telling you, like, you would fucking love it out there. It was by far the most gorgeous area. Because you're just driving around and it's red rocks everywhere, cliff faces. That's literally then, where we went to our honeymoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's down in that area. There were a few things that we passed and I was like, oh yeah, uh, they mentioned this or whatever. Um, but... The backdrop for their wedding, astounding. It was on his property, his family's like property. And then they had this little five minute hike and you walk out and it's just this fucking cliff and it looks out over everything. Bastards. It was astounding. We, we drank mimosas while they did their ceremony, snuck them in. It was fantastic. Bastards. It was a good time. But if I were to do like a reception, which we do want to do eventually, yeah, I mean, it'll be somewhere like it. that. It, it was awesome. It's like you have to hike through this slot canyon with a bottle of booze to to get here. It was it was a good time. And I want to be up on a chair like it's my like it's my bar mitzvah. But yeah, uh, fantastic experience. And it's uh, it's good to be back, though, I think. Nah, I'm just saying that to fill time. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> fill time? So We've been talking for 20 minutes and yeah, I haven't heard right? anything about the the Emperor. Well, I'm about to start. No, so let's not. Yeah, too bad. We, emperor of the United States next week. Oh, uh, yeah, right. No, I'm just kidding. So on January 9th, 1880, The Call, which is San Francisco's newspaper. Wait, what year? I'm just kidding. It's 1880. San Francisco's new pa- <laughs> newspaper reported on the reeking pavement in the darkness of a moonless night under the dipping rain. Norton the first, by the grace of God, emperor of the United States and protector of Mexico, departed this life. Dude, spoilers. You're supposed yep. to. I hate stories that start at the end. No, I'm, I'm I started at the end. Now, I'm sure you're wondering... How he protected Mexico? Well, I'm Did sure he, he protect Mexico from the United States? I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. Um, in 1880, how the fuck was somebody the emperor of the United States I'm of not America? worried about that. Um, what I've got for you guys is a story of a man that is so wildly enigmatic that even like his date of birth is a cause for debate in San Francisco. <laughs> um Mark Twain based his character King in the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn off of Norton the First. Christopher Moore also has the King of San Francisco as a character in some of his books. Yeah. Who's he, also based on this he guy. He is mentioned in a lot of different places. Um, there are a couple different biographies that mention him just like in passing. Oh, yeah, we saw the the emperor or whatever. Um, but yeah, this guy is just shrouded in just total mystery. confusion. No, oh, no, not, just confusion. Just confusion. No mystery. Like 
it surprised me when I learned about him because he feels like something that would just pop up that you would you would learn about anytime you're in San Francisco or anytime you're learning about I mean post fucking civil war nothing really goes on and this guy I feel like he would just stick out like a sore thumb he was a, a really he was an emperor breath of fresh air honestly <laughs> so Joshua Abraham Norton had grown up in Cape Town South Africa um and he was born to pretty standard parents that had uh, moved down to South Africa in this big immigration, like, uh, what is it, like a little town that Britain was like, oh, we're going to set up a community in South Africa, whatever. We got this. So his family moved down there. He lived there into his 20s, into his 30s. Um, and then he decided to immigrate into the United States via Boston, which was a fairly standard for the time. Um, it was like the 19... Damn, immigrants? Yeah, no, 19... I'm just kidding. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> it was like 1934, I believe, around there. Uh, he showed up in Boston, checked in. Wait. It was a booming time for I thought he died in 1880. Yeah. How did he move there in 1930? Oh, did I say 19? I, I meant 1834. Oh, okay. Uh, I was like, hold on. Yeah, uh, when he was a ghost, no. Yeah, uh, yeah, as a ghost, he immigrated to Boston. So 1834, he comes to Boston. It was a big, booming time for Boston. I mean, you had a lot of Irish immigrants. You had a lot of Italian immigrants. A lot of people were moving into the U.S. because it was just before the start of the Industrial Age where they started hitting, like, major, major strides in following the American dream, but it was just a a very big immigration period. Mm -hmm. So for three years, Norton the first disappears. Perfect. There's oh no, my God, I there's love it. no record of what he did for three and a half years when he went from Boston to San Francisco, no occupations listed, nothing. He the walked to the Oregon basically trail. just walked. And it would not surprise me if this man walked the Oregon trail by himself and just led himself to San Francisco. So, uh, a lot of people believed that when he showed up, he, he had $40,000 in his pocket and it was family he, after money. those three years. No, 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 no. That he came to the U S oh, had a bad. ton of money and he just made his way to San Francisco some people believed he showed up in San Fran on a boat. Others thought otherwise. He definitely ate humans on the trail. Oh, God. Dude, the man was a nutcase, and it would not surprise me. But people were like, this guy no, he showed up, pockets full of coin, ready to fucking party. But there wasn't any confirmation whether he had inheritance, but he did, like, as soon as he showed up, he just had this presence about him. Now, like the insane usually do. Yeah, generally. So, once he arrived in San Francisco, Norton kind of made an impression on everyone because he was a he was a commodities trader. So, ah, he shows up. That's what he, I would have done oh, if I was dude, alive back then. Yeah, Holy that's shit. like the more that I learn about commodities trading, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'd fucking I'd be all about that shit back then." Yo, you need a giant's toe? I got you a giant's toe painted? Oh yeah. <laughs> Just the weirdest shit. So what happened was he heard, he got word that China was currently, surprisingly enough, 
China was going through a food shortage. What? That never happens. What? Um, and they it, it it inevitably inevitably turned into more or less a famine over there. What Chinese famine? What? Another one? Yeah. Surprise, surprise. So he, being the lucrative businessman that he was, <laughs> reached out to some of his contacts and found out that there was a shipment of Peruvian rice coming into San Francisco. So he's going to buy it and sell it as magical Peruvian rice. <laughs> not, not, he's I, not, I, I, I'm not confusing him with a crazy. snake oil salesman. You are confusing him with a snake oil salesman. Uh, he's not that kind of, uh, he's, he's a little bit too crazy to come up with magic to, to oh, confuse damn. people. Not a magic episode. Sorry, everybody. Damn it. So he reaches out to his contacts uh, he has a contract written up, and he buys 200,000 pounds of Peruvian rice Damn. at 12 cents a pound, right? So he pays like $25,000 for Holy this shit. rice. Holy shit. Hold on. I'm going to do the math. Let me pull up a calculator. $25,000 in 19, or sorry, 18. How much rice? Uh, 200,000 pounds. 200,000 pounds. It was a shipload is what he ordered, is a shipload How of How many rice. per pound? 12 cents? 12 cents, yeah. 24,000. Good yeah. math. I know, right? You didn't do it. You just copied no, it. No, I just copied it from fucking... Your source. Don't yeah. reveal your source. Yeah, from a Reddit comment. <laughs> nah. um, so, his plan was to corner the market on rice, right? I know you know about cornering markets. Oh, yeah. It's in my blood. <laughs> so, he planned to corner the market, and he was like, I got this at 12 cents a pound. What year was this, roughly? Uh, this is in, like, 18... 52 right around there when he was getting in all this 1852 i'm, I'm doing the conversion yeah, yeah you're good i, know I you love doing out this about it. do it i'd love to hear how much you were spent on rice okay let's see i've got it right here obscene amounts how much dude how much did he spend eight hundred and forty four thousand dollars on rice me. this guy showed up during a famine fucking dick yeah how much? Wait, he had like forty thousand when he showed up. Yeah, so it would so have been spent pretty almost, much. He spent more than he half of his fortune. Imagine he which shows would have been. Up, imagine he shows up to San Francisco with a million dollars in his pocket. That's more or less what he was at, like one point eight million or something like that. Pretty, like, pretty damn close. Okay, yeah. Damn, like a, this guy, one and a half. So I was thinking bucks. high roller, like no, he I consider myself money. a high roller if I made sixty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, so he showed <laughs> up, and that's why people were like, "Oh, he has this hidden fortune. He has an inheritance. We don't know." Damn. But this guy popped up, and people knew his fucking name when he showed up. So he buys almost a million dollars worth of rice, right? Most of his fortune at this point. 12 cents a pound, plans to corner the market. He's going to sell it for a profit because there was there were expectations that it would sit around like he could sell it for 36 cents a pound. Like, it was going to be huge. Yeah, and during a famine, who's not yeah. going to pay for rice? Yeah, like. exactly. He knew that the ships were going to head that way. So he signs the papers. He walks out of the, the little office that he signs his contract in. And a bunch of Peruvian ships keep showing up other peruvian ships and he says what's on those ships and they say rice and he goes oh excuse me shit the price of rice dropped to four cents a pound Ooh. 
Yeah. So Homeboy lost damn, 75%. Damn, what did he do? In, invest in, in GameStop? Like, yeah. damn, or Bitcoin? So, so he basically spent a million, like $800,000 yeah. on rice. And as soon as he signed, the price of rice dropped to $100,000. Like, the amount that he owned oh my God. dropped to hundred k. He Shit immediately yourself. turned around and walked back into the office and he said, I was fucking lied to. That contract is null and void. You guys bullshitted me on what the expectations were coming into this port. And it turned into a fucking California Supreme Court case. Damn. Um, so he filed a lawsuit against the the guys that wrote up the contract. And he said, you guys knew what was coming in you knew what to expect you lied to me and i got boned out of almost a million dollars right how'd the case go uh he lost ah damn yeah so uh he's sitting on now a hundred thousand dollars worth of rice not doing so hot i mean Um, you can say not doing so hot but he still has like six hundred thousand dollars in today's money like yeah, I mean, he's also been in San Francisco for a while now. Ah, so he's spending a little and bit. based on the fact that he was trying to corner the market of rice, I don't think he's really the financial wizard that everyone expected You know, that's a be. great point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, one shipload of rice. 200,000 pounds of rice is a lot of fucking rice, but... There's also way more fucking rice on the planet than 200,000 pounds of rice. Yeah. So he kind of disappears for like seven years. Yeah, he probably, he's, I know right where he was. He was in the bar. Yeah. He was drinking his fortune away. Honestly, it would not surprise me. He was, he was really well <laughs> He walked known. into a lake. <laughs> like. Yeah, really though. Um, But he was well known in the area. A lot of people knew of him. And at this point, he just kind of started tanking downwards but people still liked him he was still this like goofy weird dude so seven years go by and uh at this point quite obviously he's living pretty frugally he's staying in a workman's home which if you guys remember i kind of went over what those are back in like season three episode 10 to 11 uh I don't know how you remember the episodes. I have a good memory when I don't smoke the same day. Um, (laughs) uh, So workmen's homes uh, were basically you pay a few cents a night to stay there. They give you a bed and a place to clean yourself. And they give you like dinner and breakfast. Not a bad gig. Not bad at all. The only problem is a lot of them are just total shitholes. Um, <laughs> well, you're sleeping yeah. in beds that have fucking bed bugs and lice, and you're sharing a room with a man that masturbates loudly. Pros and cons. Yeah. Mostly pros. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so he's staying in this workman's home, and it's it's going well, but, I mean, he's still out on the streets. He's still doing his fucking thing because he's he's going out on the streets – and um, he's wearing this blue uniform with gold-plated epaulets. Ooh, yeah. um, piqued my interest there. And I'll get to wh- why and where he received this fucking uniform all of a sudden um, in a little bit. But he's, Is that the uniform that's on the picture? Yes. Yes, Ooh, it is. Um, okay. And I'll post the, lo- the full picture so you guys can see his full getup. He's got a beaver hat, which is, imagine, like, just a fucking 
it's the curvy top hats that kind Ooh. of pop outwards. Oh yeah, those. Are, that's how yeah. you know he's getting that poon. with a with a large peacock feather sticking out of it. Um, he generally wanders the streets uh, carrying a cane or an umbrella, Ooh. and sometimes Joshua would be sporting a saber at his hip. Damn, I need to get a saber. Yeah, right. Um, and he would also be followed by two dogs, which were known in the area because San Francisco's a quirky fucking place. Uh, these two stray dogs, Bummer and Lazarus, would follow him around, and he would feed them pieces of his free lunches that he would Dude, get out on the street. I had no idea. Be- that's the name of the dogs in the Christopher Moore books with the... the like, I had no idea how close... He, he just ripped yeah. off this character and brought him to modern times, like, 100%. directly. Yeah. Oh, That's entirely. awesome. Yeah. I had no idea that Christopher Moore and, and this is what I looked mean. into that. Like, he's, he's, why? He's this guy that... that <laughs> why is he... He's uh, such a... An icon still. <laughs> yeah. He, well, he's just this fucking icon in one of the biggest cities. And, I mean, when he moved there, it was... It had just hit, like, the gold rush. Like Oh, that makes sense. Everybody's going People crazy about up. San Francisco, and they get there, and this there's this fucking guy wearing not police duds. He's wearing just this blue fucking uniform with Hell yeah. little gold tassely shoulders, and he's got a saber, and he's just kind of like he was just a fucking weird ass dude, but everybody liked him. That's awesome. So. Uh, like I said, he's followed around by these couple of dogs, and when his uniform ended up getting dirty or worn, the city would actually buy him a replacement. Damn! Yeah, it's, and it's not like he's wearing, like, oh, city of San Francisco fucking waste management, whatever. He's just this guy that fucking wanders the streets. He would go up to police officers and tell them where trouble might happen where things he's got to keep be, his city safe yeah he, where things need to be cleaned up um where like if the cable cars were having any issues if he sees that something's wrong on a building he would go inside and tell the owner and he, he would just make sure that what the a nice city, guy he would make sure that the city looked as beautiful as he wanted and honestly a lot of people loved him for it now when people would stop him he was kind of known to just give lengthy speeches on like if you gave him the chance he would just teach you about the intricacies of life and existence and get so philosophical with you and break everything down and people were like this dude's a fucking madman but we we really don't mind him like he was very san fran-esque hell yeah now he starts to kind of distance himself from the legalities and policies of the United States, which it's fair. He's he kind of feels like he's above all of it. He's been fucked over he's by the, the system. emperor. He doesn't have to listen to the rules. He hasn't identified himself as the oh, emperor. Oh, my yet. bad. My bad. Um, and he hand delivers a letter to the San Francisco Daily Evening Bulletin. And this is 1959. Okay. 1859. 1859. Fuck. Sorry. And that's why I'm here. Yes, big time. You uh, fact check me. So no, I don't. <laughs> the letter says, at the the peremptory request and desire of a large majority of the citizens of these United States, I, Joshua Norton, 
formerly of Algoa Bay Cape of Good Hope, and now for the last nine years and ten months past of San Francisco, California, declare and proclaim myself Emperor of these United States, and in virtue of the authority thereby in me vested, do hereby order and direct the representatives of the different states of the Union to assemble in Music Hall of this city on the first day of February next, then and there to make make such alterations in the existing laws of the Union as may ameliorate the evils under which the country is laboring and thereby cause confidence to exist both at home and abroad in our stability and integrity. What a man. He breaks it down and declares himself emperor and says, fuck anybody that (laughs) says otherwise, this country's broken and I'm the man to fix it. And... The newspaper, like the daily receives it and they just go, what the fuck is this? And somebody says, oh, my God, that's from Joshua Norton. Like, I know that dude. Put it in there. Like, put it in the paper. Yeah. And so everybody knows him. This so is the, great. the original the original piece is released in the paper and they put it out there. Just kind of this humorous thing. They're like, yeah, whatever. Like, it's funny. Everybody knows everybody knows Joshua Norton, but now everybody's going to call him Emperor Norton. He sees it; it's released in the paper, and he goes, "Well, I'm officially emperor." Yeah, that that makes it real. <laughs> it it's, worked. It's written word. So he's thrilled. I would be, and Damn. he's continue sending letters to newspapers and different government agencies throughout his life, basically. Now. Back to uh, the army, where he was getting some of these these just historical fucking outfits, whatever. He reached out to the U.S. Army, and he demanded that the general of the United States Army and all of his men destabilize and abolish U.S. Congress because of fraud and corruption in, like, 18 pretty much like 1860 61 whatever or like right at the beginning of the civil war like he basically says like all of congress needs to fuck off damn he's ahead of his time (laughs) yeah uh and i mean they respond but he because he was working so closely with the like I i don't even know what the fuck you would call it but like just the the little army station in san francisco they were all like oh yeah we've we know emperor norton whatever so they give him they give him some old duds that they don't want they give him a saber and i mean this is fucking like it's like 1860 people respect yeah he's walking around town flaunting his shit just the most like unique looking man in san francisco amazing and I mean, he he loved the city. Like this was this he was, was his the protector. Place. He sent a letter um, demanding that if anyone utter the abominable word Frisco, which has no linguistic or other warrant, shall be deemed guilty of a high misdemeanor and shall pay to the imperial treasury as penalty the sum of twenty five dollars. He just didn't like the word Frisco. No, he said he. Imagine 
someone that fucking loves San Francisco. Like they've grown up there. Oh, oh, it's I, their favorite. Is place. that what people would call San Francisco? Is Frisco? I've heard it before. Frisco. Oh, I've yeah. never. I know there's Frisco, a ghost town in Utah. Oh yeah, I don't know, but, but yeah. like I had no idea. It, it it's just like a slang for San Francisco, and he he believes. You should say San Francisco. You keep this town pure of your devilish, I short, shorthand tongue. I Get like it. I like it. I like yeah. it. And, I mean, none of these things are coming to fruition, but everyone's reading about him. Because for years, his letters are being released in the newspaper. Well, and yeah. you can walk up to him in the street, in anywhere... And he'll fucking talk your ear off about yeah. it. And I'm and sure he'll, he'll say, hey, did you or I'm sure you, you'd approach him and be like, hey, don't worry. I'm not going to say that. I agree with you. Like, I'm sure that people were playing into yeah. it and we're just humoring him because there's no harm. He's just a fucking goofball. There's no harm in that. He's a goofball awesome. sporting a fucking like foot long feather out of his hat just Fuck wandering yeah. around the streets. You're going to stop and talk to him and he's going to get passionate. And it's just like. He's not hurting anybody. Fuck it. Yeah. So, he, while, while as the emperor of the United States, uh, he actually called for a bridge to be built between Oakland and San Francisco. And nowadays, they actually call that the Bay Bridge. It's not the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. But it's the Bay Bridge. And this thing is huge. Um, they renamed it back in, like, 2013 to, like... After one of the mayors or a governor or something. And a lot of people were mad and they were like, hey, if you're going to change the name of this bridge, it should you be. need to give Emperor Norton the first yeah, credit. It should for be it. called Emperor Norton the first bridge. Yeah. And I mean, there's a there's a fucking like tunnel that goes under in in San Francisco that people are like, this should be called Edward Norton bridge Way. or tunnel or whatever. Yeah. And so, I mean, even today, there are a lot of people that really know and respect the story of Joshua Norton. Yeah, so, it seems like he really played a big cultural role in in the city. I mean, when you think about it, you think about anybody that just truly loves a city, like like how much Rudy Giuliani loves New York. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That, yeah, I'm just kidding. But back at it. <laughs> like somebody that fucking loves a city. They're going to know what's really good for that place. And I think that as crazy as this dude was, he could have gone anywhere. Like, after after his little fiasco with the rice, he could have just up and fucking dipped yeah, out. Yeah, he had enough money left Gone over. to a different town, fucking started, started a new town. He had the money for it. But I honestly think he just loved San Francisco so mm -hmm. much. Now, he actually reached out to different world leaders he would send them letters. Oh, hell yeah. He sent letters to presidents of the United States. Fuck yeah. And proposed, he, as as the emperor of the U.S., said, we need to build, like, a treaty between world nations. More or less, create, I don't know, like a United Nations Council or something. Like, he genuinely came up with the concept Damn. for it's the, the it's United the League of Nations. Nuts for the the League of Nations. Yeah. yeah, the League of Nations. They, <laughs> they. Uh, the guy. Just, oh, what's his name? <laughs> must have stolen that from him. I just forgot a that name. fucking goofball. And uh, he he reached out and was in constant contact with uh, the king of Hawaii before the U.S. colonized it. I shouldn't say colonized it before the U.S. fucking took it over. 
imperialized. Imperialized. It. That was colonialized. It. it. That yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot of words That's for it. Words. Raped it. Yeah. Uh, so he was in constant contact with uh, Kamehameha the fifth, and That's awesome. The king of Hawaii refused to recognize the democratic United States government, <laughs> saying yeah. that he would only work with the emperor of the United States. Emperor Norton. Like this Amazing. guy. Amazing. He just just giving him a little bit of recognition. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say a little bit. Recognition. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh he attempted to woo Queen Victoria, asking her to marry him to build a bond between the US and the UK. <laughs> uh he never heard back, but I think that her letters got lost in the mail or something. Um and he he was considered the protector of Mexico. Um because nobody was currently taking the title for it, uh, and it became a legend that he was this—he was the son of Napoleon the Third. Now, this was going on while France was having so many problems with Mexico; they were trying to get um, like tribute and everything from them. And uh, yeah, so people in San Francisco were like, "Oh, uh, Emperor Norton." aren't you now the protector of Mexico? Because no one else will. And he said, I claim it, but it would be impossible to protect such an unsettled nation. Damn. Um, and he had his own recognized currency. It was labeled. <laughs> Wait, the... is it, is it dumpster food? <laughs> yeah, right. Cause he's just some homeless dude now. Dude, no joke. It sounds like just a quirky fucking homeless dude, but he would have currency printed and it would say the imperial government of Norton the first. And they would range from 50 cents to $10 and he would pay with it in different places. And people would take it as legal tender. They're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, it's fine. Yeah, like, that's fine. It's a uh, $7 and 50 imperial government of Norton the first. And he would go, <laughs> well, well, yes, I have that. And I mean, it, like, people fucking ate this guy up. Oh, yeah. I would. This That's currency amazing. sold on collector sites for over $10,000 a bill just recently. Damn, I was just thinking I might want to find some. But Take a I'm look. Not, you might no, be able no, to. No, no, I'm not going to find might. any that's within my price range. I mean, you, it would be cool to even just see somebody trying to post it. Um, but unfortunately, as I said... All good things must come to an end. And on January 8th, 1880, uh, Joshua Norton collapsed in the streets of San Francisco. Uh, the streets that he loved, the streets that he adored. And protected with his saber. And protected. And as he fell, many people noticed. He wasn't, it wasn't like he fell and people were walking past. As he fell to the ground, like a police officer rushed over and was beckoning to someone else to go get more or less like an ambulance carriage. People came over and were trying to like make sure he was okay. People flocked to this man in in his death on the mm -hmm. street. Um, unfortunately, he died before the carriage arrived. Um, but he was... They found him to be completely penniless. Surprise, surprise. No! Uh, he had like five or six dollars in his in his pockets. Uh, when they went back to his workman's home, uh, he had a collection of walking sticks and a handful of different hats. Some of them were just wildly extravagant. 
Um, Amazing. And they also found fake letters from Alexander II of Russia congratulating him on his marriage to the queen. Um, Some fanfics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there was another that was from... Uh, someone in France that he was like, oh, yes, our, our treaty. I'm glad that we've come come to terms with these things. Uh, but he, when they were getting his body ready for burial, uh, it was planned to just give him a simple coffin. He couldn't afford anything That's else. That's not an emperor's burial. So they planned to give him just a regular weak-ass wooden coffin. However, the local businessmen's association reached into their pockets, and they sponsored and held a funeral for him. They got him one of the best coffins available. And at the funeral, 10,000 people Holy attended. Holy shit. In 18, now that's an in emperor. In 1880, 10,000 people lined the streets of San Francisco. The line went on for two miles down the streets of San Francisco for the emperor of the United States. Damn. He was buried in the Masonic Cemetery. And Hell yeah. Uh, on February, February 4th, 2018, a large celebration was held for Joshua Norton I, emperor of the United States, protector of Mexico, for his 200th birthday. Oh, that's awesome. That would never happen today. And people, businesses would never do that. People some... dressed up like him, like they wore the the blue with the gold uniform the with sword. the gold epaulets and the sword and the, the hat, hat with a huge feather yeah. shit in there. And oh my god! People were just like, you know, you really can't find someone that truly loved San Francisco this much, and it, especially back then, it transcends more than that. Like. He obviously cared for the people, you know, his subjects, like. And he had grand ideas. Yeah. He literally came up with the idea of the, of the United Nations. Bay Bridge. And the Bay Bridge. Oh, my God. This dude was ahead of his time. Yeah. Just, just a fucking, the silliest story, uh, like the, the goofiest guy that didn't hurt anybody. Other than himself. Yeah, other than himself and, uh, and 200,000 pounds of rice. And it was just an amazing fucking, just a fun story. Such a Damn. fun individual. If you get the chance to read about him, there's a lot that like I just kind of was like, yeah, I'll keep that out, I'll keep that out, whatever. Yeah, you got to pick and choose. Yeah. So if you get the chance to read about him, definitely read Hell about yeah. him. Um, and like AJ said, he influences multiple characters that are like such widely revered characters in American literature. Like, yeah, like that's the fact that Mark Mark Twain Twain puts him in one of the most beloved books of all time. Like, damn, astonishing. Yeah. Just so, yeah. It's because he, we're all playing real life. He was just playing a character. Yeah. He, I mean, he Damn. was just having a grand old time. So you got Patreon subscribers pulled up. You want? Yeah, to I do. I got it. So Patreon.com forward slash points o pressure. Uh, let me open. 
we sometimes put out extra episodes there. Been bad about it support. lately, but uh, we'll get we'll get to it. I read your messages, Lindo. I hope you're feeling a lot better with your ankle. Um, so <clears throat> I'm not the guest host. Abby, AJ's third nut. Lindo, NSA isn't real. D's nuts. Not Nordic me. thunder. Toddy waddy poopy snotty. Dark Runner, I had to scroll for that one. Dark Runner, Haley, and Casey McFacey. Thank you guys so much. You keep the lights on. You did let I us say host. That last week, did I say you keep the lights on? I have I no idea. I, did. I didn't listen. What the fuck? <laughs> I didn't listen. Hold shit. on. I didn't listen to your part. Like the end? Yeah, I listened to Bear. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Bear, thanks for being on. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I missed you. Back. Uh, can't wait to yeah have you back on again. If you guys have any ideas, know some you know crazy people. Uh, you know, yeah, hit us up. Message us on uh, Patreon or the social medias yeah, at Points of Pressure. At points of Pressure on uh, Twitter and Instagram. As AJ said, music suggestions, TV, movies, books, anything you got. If you're having real world problems and you need somebody to chat with, by all means, reach out there. Oh, oh, it's spooky season. We're gonna do yep. our our live show October thirty first. So uh, if if you know anything spooky, yeah, send it to us. And uh, if you have any spooky stories, Even send better. them along because we will happily read them and share them. I and would fluff them up to make them sound absolutely bonkers. I would love to just do a, a show where people send us spooky events. Like you remember, Fantastic. I think it was like our first or second one. We actually had some people on mm-hmm. on Twitter. That was that was about the. the uh, it was the. Sleep paralysis demons. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, send us some stories. I'm I'm working. Might we might have a guest on for at least part of it to share some some spooky stories. Hell so yeah. yeah, if you have any, please send them. Or if you know anybody who has them, uh, ask them about them and then send them to us without their permission. Yeah. And if you are <laughs> from somewhere other than the U.S., we will try to start a little bit earlier. We're not going to shoot for like a later one. Um, we're going to try to do it a little bit earlier in the afternoon. And if you so, miss it, if you miss it, it'll be posted the next day. I'll be day. posting it. Yeah. Yep. Well, don't put that, that pressure on me. It'll probably be the that next would be a day, Monday. but <laughs> it would be a fucking Monday. Uh, I guess that's true. It. Okay. It'll be on Monday. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the choice. So, but yeah, um, it'll be, it'll be a good one. I'm, I'm, you have no idea chat? what I've got in, in oh, store. I, I bought a book. I don't have any idea what I have in store. Yet, yeah, so. it's a surprise for yeah, everyone. Here we go. But yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will catch you guys next Monday.